Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. This week has been quite politically and racially charged in Singapore. As part of season 3 of Something Private, we will keep amplifying the voices of our allies and giving them the space to share their story. On today's episode, I'm joined by a very special person. Some of you guys know her affectionately as Singapore's top influencer. Others might know her from the brownface saga that took place almost a year ago. Pretty Please is well known for her comedic and satirical takes on social issues in Singapore, but also for landing herself in some pretty sticky situations. I'm sure everyone remembers that she received a conditional warning from our law minister. Honestly, quite the legend, I have to say. How many of us can ever say that we've experienced something so interesting in our lives, hmm? But to Pretty's credit, no matter the opinion you might have about her, one thing is for sure, she really doesn't back down from speaking power to truth and putting her actions to it. On the first part of this two-part episode with Pretty, we discuss three broad things. First, Utopia SG, a fundraising content initiative for the migrant worker population in Singapore who have been the most badly hit by COVID-19. Second, about her experience being a brown girl speaking up about our nation's long-standing history of systemic racism. And third, if there is a social responsibility of sorts that falls on the shoulders of an influencer or celebrity in that they should use their voice to speak up in times of crises like racial and social injustice. Is there? We discuss. I really must express at this point how touched and impressed I have been with Pretty and her team for raising over 190k sing dollars in total. Really super impressive. The main reason why I got her down today because I think that just this one initiative of her really swept me off my feet. I'm in admiration. Hi. <laughs> I think let's start first by talking about uh, Utopia SG. So can you briefly explain or like sum up what has the whole initiative been about? Okay, so Utopia SG is essentially a collective of a lot of friends who came together to kind of create a platform to share like untold stories or just bring attention to a lot of like uh, narratives that we don't see in mainstream media. So I think that's that's essentially how it started. And actually, I'm not a part of Team Utopia. I am just lend help and support wherever I can or collaborate whenever I, we think there's a cause that we should collaborate for. So the first time we collaborated was for our fundraiser for the migrant workers in Singapore. And Utopia is, is it's not anyone's full-time job, but I, I would like to think they have like seven to eight members in the team right now. But the idea came about to do the fundraiser uh early in April. So my brother reached out to me and him and his friends were very involved with a couple of migrant worker NGOs. And my brother personally knows a couple of migrant workers. He, he has friends who are migrant workers in Singapore because he has wrote a song with them. You know, he has worked with them prior to the COVID-19 pandemic in Singapore. So he was already in contact with them and getting information about how things were going down in the dorms. And it just got us all talking about it. It just got us all talking about how we would receive the gov.sg updates on WhatsApp. And they would say things like, oh, uh, the cluster formed in the migrant worker dorms is being like handled. You know, paid leave days will be given to the workers, like stuff like that. And it was just very generic statements. And, and it, sound, it sounded a little bit too good to be true, straight up. So we were just asking each other a lot of questions. You know, what does, what does this actually mean? So when the paid leave days run out, like, 
do they just not get to work and they are also not paid? Like, are they just like waiting? And that's when we we decided to reach out to the NGOs. And my brother already knew somebody from HealthServe as well as TWC too. So it was easy to, for us to have just get, have a direct line of communication to ask them what's the situation like and what they could possibly need help with. And that's when they, they shared with us, you know, that they were trying their best to like get prepaid cards, top up prepaid cards for all the migrant workers who are affected right now. They were also trying to provide like healthcare bags, which had hand sanitizers, face masks, like all these immediate like things that they could possibly do. And they obviously needed help because uh, that's when all the rules started kicking in and we couldn't just go down on ground and like, okay, let's help grocery shop. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do a donation drive. So it was very tricky. And I think the best way in that moment was like, okay, you know what? Let's do a video on our own in the comfort of our own home. And let's sit here, bring all our minds together, write a, a properly researched script over Google Docs and let's try and film this. Uh, I'm going to put my camera in front of me. I'm going to film this in my room. I'm going to stay up and edit this and put this out ASAP because it's a lot of important questions that we were asking that was obviously time sensitive because I remember it was specific to a press release that MOM released on 5th of April. I remember the date and everything and we were trying to address everything in that release. So we put out the video on the 8th of April. And I remember we, my brother suggested 100k, like we should put out a fundraiser saying, let's ask for 100k. And I, I looked at him like, that's impossible. <laughs> like, don't, like, come on lah, 100k, like, that's ridiculous. And I remember I was, I'm, I'm super pessimistic, by the way. <laughs> so I was super like, ha, are you kidding me, 100k? And then he said, yeah, no, let's just try. You know, even if we don't get it, like, any amount is helpful. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. It's, it's not a matter of, okay, we hit the goal, this campaign is successful. Like, it's not about a successful campaign. It's about raising money for actual lives and people who need help. And within 12 hours... <laughs> We hit our targeted amount of 100k and I remember just sitting there like looking at my brother like, are you kidding me? And then we saw the, on give.asia, we would see the people, like it would just automatically refresh and they were putting the people's messages when they leave their donation with us. And people were saying the sweetest things. They were saying like, migrant workers have done more than we can even imagine. Like, you know, it was so heartfelt. And I think this was probably my first time in my whole life I really truly felt what our whole nation calls the Singapore spirit. And I roll my eyes every time I hear this kind of thing. I, I really am so jaded and I don't believe in going to your window and singing home. Like, I really don't like, you know, I really think it's for sure. Lah. So this was the first time, like, I truly felt it. And I was like, man, I'm actually, I'm actually so happy. I'm actually so happy that the people around me put in so much thought and actually care about someone else. Like, you know, they actually genuinely care. And it's not self-serving. It's not like I'm doing this just so I can tell everybody I donated. Like, there were so many anonymous donors and it was just insane. It was so insane. And everyone was talking about how like the government was going to give us the 600 bucks and so many people just went directly to the site and donated $600 and they shared it to say like, you know, if you don't need this payout, give it to people who need it. And I was like, wow, we didn't even like encourage them to do that. We just said, if you can donate, donate. And it became so huge. And I just thought it was so, that was probably the, one of the highlights of my career, probably the most important thing I've done being pretty pleased. Like, I must, I must admit, that's probably the most important thing I've done. Mm. You, you talk about that Singaporeans can very easily go without caring about or, like, seeing these migrant workers in their day-to-day -day life, right? And you're exactly right, because I think that, like, the way... I mean, we, it's, they're often, I guess, like, out of sight unless you actively seek out engagement with them. So I want to know, on your end, right, what made you feel so passionately about this? Like, what was that? Was there like a trigger moment? I think for me, like growing up, 
my my mom has always been someone that taught us to think about other people, care about other people. And I remember my primary school years, secondary school years, like I know my mom as the woman who would cook lunch for us. And if there's extra food, she would literally go downstairs to the construction site nearby and she would pass it to migrant workers who obviously would not have a proper meal or like a home-cooked meal, you know. So I grew up in a household like that. My mom always taught us to do things like that and she would literally walk past a construction site on her way home and she would speak to them in Tamil and she would say like, okay, uh, wait here for a while, let me go and take some drinks and come back. Like, yeah, of course, this was only in the vicinity of the house, Mm. the the home that we lived in. They were essentially like my mom's friends. They were so friendly. They would like wave at us. They would knew our mom as like, like a guardian angel that like went there to help them whenever they needed something. And I just thought like, that was so beautiful that my mom did that. And I never actually broke it down as a kid to think about Mm. it and think about how like wow my mom is doing something so nice to me it was just like oh that's nice sure you know I didn't think much of it as a kid so I guess growing up like my mom definitely taught us to be that way or to like always look out for people around us or like just think about the people who probably don't have the same privileges or luxuries that, that we have and and I know like in my content I always talk about like minorities and it's mainly race but that's obviously because I come from the minority race in Singapore so I think that's it's just my own personal experience and that's why I talk about it a lot. But I'm also a minority when you talk about appearance, body size, body positivity, stuff like that. And I think I felt it in those few ways and for me it's just like uh, I can resonate. I know how it feels like to be a minority and I know how it feels like to have someone look at you different mm. and that feeling's not fun and it's not a nice feeling and I'm always going to look out for the people in the room who feel that way. Mm. And in a situation like wherever I might be, if I notice someone else who is obviously being discriminated against for something, anything at all, I'm probably going to look out for that person first in the room. I'm not going to care about anyone else or what they have to say. I'm just going to be like, are you okay? Is everything fine? Do you need help? So, but I think probably specific to migrant workers and why I feel so strongly about it, I, I think a huge reason was also after the whole brown face incident in Singapore and my brother got cut from a CNA documentary. So Mm. in the CNA documentary, which we were all there to shoot like the final episode where they had a live show, my brother, he made a song with migrant workers. And I remember being there at the filming, the taping of the live episode, watching how passionate the whole band was and they were playing live. They were so happy. They were singing their heart out. When they said the documentary got cut because of the the rap video and brownface and everything. And my first reaction was, wow, they don't care Mm. about migrant workers. ah." That's the first thing I said. Not oh my god, you got cut, what about all your work and your time? Like, it wasn't about my brother, it wasn't about his airtime because it's a matter of, like, an important story and an important narrative that you just cut out the national the national narrative and the mm. CNA documentary now has nothing to do with migrant workers. Every community that was slated to be featured in this documentary should have gotten featured. And it, once again, it made me, like, roll my eyes so hard and I'm like, you just cut them out like that. You know, you... Do you really care? You know, was it just good content was it just gonna make good tv or like was it fun to just put a vulnerable group on tv just to get Mm. views that's when i got really annoyed and when the opportunity came to like obviously i can use my platform to help i was just like if i can do something i'm gonna do something so many people were really like disturbed that they conveniently just cut out a whole one quarter of this documentary just because okay this guy was part of the rap video the racist rap video i'm doing racist in air quotes (laughs) Yeah, so so I think um, that's when I definitely felt extra, like way stronger towards the migrant worker, migrant worker community in Singapore. And I felt like this is not fair, you know, these guys were just having so much fun making music. You kind of exploited them and I just thought it was not cool, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to, to put their story on TV but cut them out so quickly. But I didn't take it upon myself to watch the documentary because like, I'm not going to do that, of course. You're not going to give them the yeah. views. 
Yeah, not that one view. <laughs> As if that's going to change anything. <laughs> okay, so I think going on um, about that point on like using, you know, like standing up for what you believe in, right? The fact that you are somebody with a particular level, you and your brother are particularly influential in Singapore. I have been thinking a lot about the use of like online influence uh, during this period of time because I think like when COVID-19 hit everybody was globally collectively angry with like celebrity and influencers and how you know like many of them who are who represent the wealthier portion of societies right are in their homes and they're like posting workout videos you know posting little notes of encouragement while the rest of like society is dying right (laughs) and like there's a huge irony that people were no longer like standing around for so back home similarly I'm I was very disappointed with the response that I had seen with regards to this whole pandemic, right, there were, I I mean, just to name one that really, really stood out to me was this uh, pregnant mother. It was about how she hoped her helper would return from the Philippines and, like, her confinement nanny would come back from Malaysia soon so that she can help um, her get, like, the delivery process. And I was just sitting there, like, thinking, like, do you all not care that people are dying or like do you only think about yourself you know where is that but well, come and have a discussion about that like the role of being a social media quote-unquote celebrity and your duties with regards to times of like crisis like how what is the appropriate way to respond or like yeah do you think i'm being unreasonable for expecting that from like our local celebrities I feel like at the end of the day, there will never be like a correct, correct response to something like this because it's a global pandemic. Mm. Nobody will ever have the exact correct words to say. So it's it's definitely tricky. And I mean, I personally feel like maybe a lot of influencers or people with a platform also probably think to themselves like, you know, why why do I have to say something? Mm. Or like, huh, I, I don't think I need to say something, you know? Or if I don't know what to say, then never mind, I just don't say something. So I think it's always been easy to like avoid any difficult topic or difficult discussion or like actually uh, laying out your opinions and thoughts out there because it's it can be very scary for sure and you don't know what how people are going to respond back to you. And it's easy to just go ahead and post a selfie and not talk about the elephant in the room. And in this case, it's COVID-19 in the world. So I think it's, it's that's just the easy way out. And I think we've seen this with a lot of different issues, social issues in Singapore also. It's just inconvenient to have an opinion sometimes when you're a media personality. So they just stick to not having one, lah, which I think is very annoying and frustrating because let's be real, we all have opinions. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of do you want to put yourself out there? Are you that afraid that it's going to affect your bottom line that you actually don't take a stand sometimes when your followers are waiting for you to take a stand and wait for you to say something and want to hear what you think because they look up to you if they're looking up to you for your beauty tips, your fashion tips, your style tips, they obviously care about what you have to say about a global pandemic and mm. also about like something going on in Singapore even. So it it can be quite exhausting to to just be a follower of people like that. But but I can I can see why a lot of people don't do that. Like essentially it is the it is how it's gonna affect its bottom line and mm. it is it's exactly how like for me, I'm now treated like a controversial queen when mm. I'm just like 
come on lah, let's be real. Like, I just talk about things that I care about. I just talk about a lot of things that involve me personally because it's race or like it's something where the things that I resonate with, I want to speak up for for the people who feel the way I do or look like me or sound like me. And I just think it's important too lah. But you can tell sometimes on the phone when I'm talking to clients and stuff and how they walk on eggshells around me and don't even dare to say the word race. Mm. If like they're talking about their skincare brand and they want to tell me how the brand just wants to be a little bit more inclusive and they, they use words and they pause so long on the other mm-hmm. line because they just don't dare to say, yeah, we want to represent all races and make sure there's equal representation, even though that you can just say that. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, oh, so I'm your token lah. You know, I wouldn't feel that way because I've always believed that if I'm going to be a token in a campaign, I will fill that quota and I will kill it. I'll, I'll do what I need to do. I'll do it the best way possible. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I was the one that left an impression. So I think like a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of influencers just don't want to be in a situation like that. It's it's quite selfish lah because it feels like, okay, you, you use the platform and you, you only want the good sides of social media and you only want to take what's convenient and what's beneficial to you and not actually address the important hard truths of the reality we all live in. And to me, that's very annoying and I, and I don't like it. But sometimes I do agree that if you have nothing to contribute here and you have nothing to say, don't say because sometimes you're just going to open a huge can of worms you're going to distract people from the actual discussion here you know it's like it's like during the whole brown face thing and then Toshrock decides to tweet like don't fight fire with fire you know racism cannot be fought with racism and I'm just like come on you know if you have never in your life talked about race and never been never cared about equal representation and start in movies that constantly like perpetuate a lot of racist stereotypes don't use an opportunity to take down people that you just personally don't like or maybe you just personally want to silence you know don't use this opportunity to like don't fight racism with racism like come on I, like the last person in Singapore I want to hear talk about racism is Toshrock. And I think I'm just being extremely honest. There's literally no personal beef here. I stood there, I'm in like shoulder to shoulder with the guy for a pink dot photo shoot that he eventually got cut from. So like I'm completely fine with the guy, you know, until like all these opinions come out. I'm like, it's okay to don't say you've been, you've lived your career for so long and lived in Singapore. Like, and I don't appreciate that when like there's something here that it's very convenient for you to jump on a bandwagon and silence a minority or silence someone whose opinion you don't want to hear, you do it. And because of the platform you have and the amount of followers you have you have amassed after so many years of doing what you do, it's scary because your opinions are going to actually be super valid and a lot of people are just going to take it and they're just going to be like, okay, if he says this, I believe this also because I'm a Tosh Rock fan. Mm. You know, so that's what I don't appreciate with like people with influence, you know, when they don't actually use it and... They don't actually use the platform to have any form of discussion or actually try and form any proper like opinion or thought here and get people thinking and talking. It's just a matter of, okay, I'm going to put out this one tweet because it's going to show that I care. You know, it's like how Black Lives Matter, you put out a black square and hashtag Blackout Tuesday and then your, your CIP is done. You hit all your CIP hours already. And I'm just sitting here like, cannot lah. Like you, if you want to talk about Black Lives Matter... And you know how sensitive the issue is. Mm. Like it's it's real. People are losing their lives. Uh, and and if you are living here in Singapore very comfortably and might not even have a black friend, it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. It really doesn't mean you can't. It just means you need to do your research first and you need to maybe ask around mm. and see if this is okay to say or like just have a proper discussion first before being like, okay, you know what? I have like three 400k followers. Let me post a black square because everybody else is doing this. This should be the right thing to do. Mm. It's, it's a very tricky space to navigate, but I think doing your research and, and, 
crafting something properly before like putting yourself out there and just saying what you want to say because you think it's the right thing to do i think that could be beneficial to everyone you know like going off social media for a day is not going to harm your followers or your bottom line or what people think of you the general perception of you it's not going to change like just sometimes knowing when is the time to speak up and knowing when you should not take up space i think this is a very like that's an important conversation to have lah mm. so yeah mm. I, I really agree with you i think that like i, I was just gonna bring it back to the, the point where you're talking about like Tosh Wrong and everything about <laughs> his contribution and I was gonna ask like if your opinion was that you know if he wanted to be part of the narrative that he hadn't been part of right from the beginning right was the correct thing that he should have done to be like understand that he he needs to contribute now because he has that certain level of influence right and then taking a step back and maybe like seeking out help and advice from somebody who is more well-read in this area and then like crafting out his response like accordingly because I think I think yeah. we are past that stage where we can that it's forgivable to like not say anything because I feel like you if you have a platform yeah. I'm still under, I'm still understand that you have to use it for a certain amount of good because mm. yeah like it's just unforgivable that you that you don't say anything yeah yeah I mean I mean I definitely agree with that but I, I do think in certain instances like if if the, the words that you're going to put out there and say are not going to contribute to anything or help any anyone and just make the situation worse. I do also believe in the, sometimes you need to not take up space and just decide that, okay, today I'm going to shut up. For, for him in this specific situation, if I were him, I would not say anything. But if I was actually going to try and make this a proper conversation that was productive and considering the amount of like reach and pull and engagement and, and friends he has in the industry, I would try and have a proper discussion, go on an IG live, talk about something, educate yourself publicly on an Instagram live with somebody who cares about the situation and all your hundreds and thousands of followers will be watching you learn and they will learn along with you. I think it's so important to make the learning process and the getting informed process public because people are going to see right through it and people who genuinely care and look up to you and are like so happy that you're doing this right now are going to see right through bullshit lah. It's, there's so much work to be done. You know, just because you have a platform doesn't mean uh, you use it on the spot. You do all the legwork behind you. You you do your research. You talk to the people who you need to talk to, and then you use your platform for good. And for good doesn't mean sharing the exact same opinion that I share. For good means for a discussion, like a proper like learning session with your with your followers, and you know trying to help them as you help yourself. Hmm. From a consumer perspective or like the audience perspective, I think that like holding people with influence accountable is quite an important part of this process as well because I think that like you play a part in validating their either silence or ignorance or like their lack of like ability to understand the situation, you know? So I think that being a consumer is, is, is a two-way like relationship, right? Like you are an influencer. Yeah. To give you yeah. guys like some credit, um, like Tosh Rock and everybody, it's really, really, it's not easy lah. I have to say like, it's, it's a yeah, tricky yeah, sure. situation. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. Tune in to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcast. Also, if you want to get notified the second a new episode hits every Tuesday, make sure you subscribe to us on all the relevant podcasting platforms as well as social media to get notified the instant this voice hits the airwaves. If you've liked our content so far, do us a solid by sharing our episodes with your friends, your families, with your acquaintances on social media, and give us a tag and shout out at something private pod. That's something private pod, P-O-D. Or if you'd like to chat with me, 
send me your feedback, suggestions, or you just want to have a discussion, feel free to slide into my DMs as well or drop me an email at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. That's nicole at somethingprivate.fm. I want to talk a bit about going on that whole point. You are somebody that, um, and I respect this a lot, you have never been afraid to call somebody out for their bullshit, including now on this podcast. And I think that that is, to me, I love it. But I, I want to know, like, um, are you, like, not afraid of the consequences? Or, like, where does this, where, where does your train of thought, like, go in terms of, like, when you have decided that this is something that you want to do? Um, I wouldn't say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, like, here to call people out and I'm not scared of what happens next. Because... I, I definitely did not start out like my, my career like, okay, let's just sit here and make a list of people that I think don't use the platform the right way or like are problematic and let me just call them all out because there's, who am I to tell you what's the right way to, to use something? If I just think something's not okay, I will say it's not okay, but I, I'm not telling you that, hey, you know what? You have a waste of, you're a waste of space. You're not using this the right way. Like, how can you have that many followers? You don't deserve it. Like, I'm not here to be that, mm. but I think a lot of people think that. Everything that I've called out has been things that I think I hold very close to my heart. And I and I know another previous incident that has happened, like I would say maybe sometime last year, was uh, with Mong. And I, I know Mong and we're friends. I was at her wedding. Like, we're cool. But there was an Insta story that she posted that essentially said um, she photoshopped herself looking fat and asked, will y'all still love me if I look like this? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was not cool. You Like, are you telling me that you don't have a follower that follows you right now who is overweight? or who is conscious about their body, who's going to see this and be like, wow, are people not going to love me because I'm fat? It definitely hit me. Like, I'm probably one of your few fat friends. And seeing this, it's... I was offended. And I'm going to imagine the average 16-year-old girl who follows you might be offended too. We all know someone who's overweight. We all know people in our lives who maybe struggle with how they look. That's completely not okay. So I personally texted her and I told her, hey, I didn't think this was cool, you know, and mm. I'm still going to talk about it on social media because people were sending it to me. People were all like, like, oh my God, why did she think this is okay, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, sometimes you don't realise the magnitude of your actions and you don't realise that you have that many followers and saying one small, silly little funny thing that you're laughing about in your group of friends could mm. affect someone's life really, really drastically. And that was that was what I wanted to like bring to attention also. You know, when you have a platform with that many followers, maybe just think twice about what you say. Maybe just think twice about how like it could hurt someone, it could make, make someone just feel like shit. And yes, this comes from a very insecure place and how I obviously feel like shit. Mm. And I think if anything, I'm super humbling myself and just telling you that, hey, this makes people like me feel like shit. So mm. don't do this. So if, if someone's going to look at this and be like, oh, Pretty just wants to call people out, then I think, if anything, you're missing the point. You know, if anything, you're missing the fact that I'm saying, huh, no, I just, I am, am someone who's constantly have to like put my emotions, let my emotions take the back seat because I know I have a platform and I know I have to say something important here. And I'm once again, letting my emotions take the back seat to say, this is not okay. Hey, if you guys out there have a platform, maybe don't do this. Maybe don't fat shame someone as a joke. I can't control what you say in your personal friend circle and what you say offline. And I don't want to control that. You do you say what you want to say, live your life. But when you have this platform that it comes with a responsibility, nobody signed up to be a role model, but we all mm. are. And whether you have 10k followers or 
one million followers like Jamie Chua, you are a role model. Like you really are somebody people look up to maybe because they want to be like you, sound like you, look like you or live the life you live. So if anything, this is just, it's not it's not changing the way you present yourself online or changing your brand. It is just being a little, little bit more mindful about the people out there who consume your content. Lah. I, I hate being looked at as the, oh, pretty calls everybody out. Like I hate being looked at like that because it just makes it seem like, I wake up every day, I'm like, okay, who's making a mistake? Let me call them out. Like, you know, it just makes it sound like that. But I'm like, come on lah, I wish did- these things didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish it didn't happen. Like, one, one another influencer was putting makeup on, she said her head looks like she has the Indian dot on her head. I'm like, ayo, like, you know, these are small little comments that you didn't need to make. Like, it's just you, maybe never in your life having enough brown friends or enough mm-hmm. brown people around you to tell you these things are not okay. And then now when you grow up, you're an influencer, you have this social platform and you don't realise that this is not your personal group of friends. There are people of all races, all nationalities, all sizes that are looking at this right now. And so, yeah, I think it, it comes from the way you, you speak in your own friend circles, the way you mm. speak at home and and just taking that online and forgetting that there's so many people that exist online that could see this right now. Mm. I mean, that points to the whole like problem that like the issue is deep, deep-seated, right? And rooted in like systems and things that haven't been pushed to be changed, right? But addressing the part where you said that you don't like to be known as like um, the person who calls people out, I feel like you are the individual that has carried the weight. Like your shoulders are, you know, like weighed down by... <laughs> having to pave the way for like better conversations you know like I want to know like if you are tired from doing that when you talk about weight on my shoulders all I think is about how Siashri is probably going to fat shame me but anyway it's <laughs> <laughs> not just kidding but but I mean I don't yeah I don't want to come off as that like okay it's my responsibility uh, let me let me come out here and clean up everyone's act like that's not my role that's not my responsibility that's not I just think with the platform I have, I have a certain responsibility. Mm. And if I see something that's going to cross my path that's really not okay and it's really like putting something out there that is really offensive to a, not just me personally but maybe people I know and the people who follow me, who share with me in the DMs like the things they go through or like how they feel about certain things. And, and when I see that like people are just like not thinking twice or not mindful of like the platform that they're using and just like putting other people down it just makes me feel like why you could really just live your life without doing this Mm. you could have made your point you could have made that video without this snarky comment and I just don't understand for me it's like I I just really don't get it why would you go the extra mile to say something slightly racist slightly offensive like like if you're not sure don't say it you know and I can think of like so many examples like why 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 did Sheena Poha take an insta story of two men wearing turbans and call them two obstructions at F1 when she could have moved if they weren't wearing religious wear right now would you have said the same thing you know and and it's just that's how it gets me like so annoyed and I don't have to be sick to feel offended and I think that's how my career started because when Saffron Sharp and Toggle made the fashion police video and when they walked around calling people calling people's fashion sense ugly, saying really just insulting how they looked and their outfits and everything about them. And I remember their faces weren't even censored or something. The exact thought that came into my head was, if this was one of my friends, I would be offended. And then I stopped to think and thought to myself how that's exactly why people don't say anything. Because you wait till someone you personally know is 
super offended or affected and has to go through any form of hurt for you to actually feel okay you know what let me do something about this mm. and you know I've always just been that that person who saw something and I was like huh this is not okay what? is nobody gonna say something and if nobody was saying something I'll just be like okay la, let's make fun of it let's make fun of it let's do a silly parody let's do something so ridiculous to show you that this is actually happening so for me it was going on to Orchard Road calling myself Singapore's top fashion influencer wearing the garbage bag to show you how I might not even know anything about fashion, but I'm going to stand here insulting everyone's fashion sense. And that's how the video felt. That's how the original video felt. And CNA Insider, they made the Indian lady live in a Chinese house for three days. And her kids, the, the Chinese kids said things like, oh, I used to be very scared of Indians. And I did the same exact thing, made my Chinese friend live in my house. And I was like, oh, I thought Chinese people do this. Like, of course, it was complete satire. It was parody. And it was a deliberate, like, switch of everything happening in the original video just that when they were all the all the mean weird things they said about the Indian race I had to say it to the Chinese race to show that you see when the tables are turned it's not okay mm. so why are we not why, why is it okay when the tables weren't turned you know why is it okay when the tables were set that that original way why why was everything all right and essentially every single viral video or every single parody I've done has has gone back to that one defining moment the if it's not okay if it, I'm not going to wait around till my friends are offended or my family's offended to say something. I'm going to say something if someone, if a whole community of people are getting offended for no reason and they're getting hurt and they're constantly being the butt of jokes for no reason, I'm just going to use my platform to show you how ridiculous this is. Sometimes it gets quite stressful because people obviously would DM and like send me things and be like, are you going to call this out? Or can you please call this out? Can you please use your platform to share about this? And I'm just like, Honestly, I'll just check it out and I won't take it upon myself to talk about it mm. because I got to take care of my own mental health mm. and it's not my job, my duty, my role. So I can't, I can't help everyone, of course, and I can't help, I can't talk to every single racist in Singapore to try and change their perspective. Like, I can't. So if, if I think of something in a creative way to talk about something, then I'll do it. Mm. If not, like, I'm not going to put that burden on myself completely la, because there are so many people out there who also do amazing work. So many activists out there who have been, who have been making this their full-time job for years and already do amazing work. So it's, it's, it's a shared responsibility from everyone in the community and mm. we're all like taking turns to do something. And recently also, like, so many like brown people in the industry, uh, we're all just talking to each other and we're just like, Wow, it's been quite exhausting because there are a lot of people in Singapore who, who like just realized that racism <laughs> exists and they just started talking about it or they're just asking all their brown friends like, oh, I'm sorry, last time I said anything that offended you. So it's been a very emotionally exhausting week specifically to be like brown or to be Indian in Singapore this week because a lot of people have been realizing that the past mistakes or past things that they said could have offended you or like just asking like actually what do you think of all this or actually could you help me understand this and it's just been quite like yes we all need time to like take care or like help educate and inform one another about what's going on and help each other learn but sometimes it just can be very very tiring <laughs> i just going to ask actually that my next follow-up question was like how do you draw the boundary between like your advocacy and activism, right? And also, like, your content creation, staying relevant, you know, caring for your mental health. And it seems as if, like, you have a community or a network of individuals that do support you. And I guess, like, working with your brother does help as well. So I think, I mean, it's very nice to hear because I think that that's super important. And I think from the outside, it looks as if you are shouldering the burden quite a bit. But it's good to hear that, you know, you do have, like, a community that supports you, lah. So... 
the, the conversation kind of leads to like the whole incident of like um racism in Singapore, right? So I, I think going back to the whole point on being afraid or like calling people out, I think the very notable incident that we've, we've talked about a bit um on the podcast really was the whole brown face incident. And I think that gonna keep y'all on your toes. This week has been quite politically and racially charged in Singapore. As part of season 3, we will keep amplifying the voices of our allies by giving them the space they need when required. This episode is not over. Tune in to the second part of this two-part series that we've done with Pretty Please next Tuesday, where we continue to discuss issues around race and society. Follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcast to hear first when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Did you guys find what Pretty said relatable or true? How's the discussion like? Was there a question I missed out on that you would have wanted me to ask her? By the way, to the girl who asked me on Instagram the last time when I asked you guys what questions you would like to ask Pretty, um, somebody asked if Pretty would be willing to adopt her. Pretty has said yes. Um, so congrats. <laughs> if you guys would like a chat, you can feel free to reach me at Something Private Pod. Just drop me a DM. That's Something Private Pod, P-O-D. Or you can drop me an email at Nicole at somethingprivate.fm. <laughs>